Congregation, please turn with me in your copy of God's Word to 1 John chapter 3. First John chapter 3, and we're going to go ahead and begin at verse 16 and read through verse 24. 1 John chapter 3, beginning at verse 16, hear once again the word of the Lord. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him, and he in him. And by this we know that he abides in us, by the Spirit whom he has given. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word, and now to the preaching of his word. may be seated. It's quite conflicted this, uh, the last week or so with regards to what to preach on uh, for my second sermon. Originally, I was going to preach a continuing, continuation message on the 62nd Psalm, but after some consideration and prayer, I'd like for us to consider the topic of brotherly love out of 1 John chapter 3, the topic of brotherly love. So we have worshipped the Lord with prayer and the singing of his praises and the hearing and preaching of his word. Let us continue to do so as the scriptures are once again proclaimed. Our passage this Lord's Day is found in 1 John chapter 3 with our focus really being on verses 18 through 23 this afternoon. Verses 18 through 23 this afternoon. Here we see the apostle plainly state that brotherly love is to be more than just lip service made from one Christian to another. And subsequently, when we honor Christ by loving our brothers and sisters, those whom the Father has given him, we see that there is great benefits that flow from a changed heart, namely confidence in God and assurance of grace and salvation. In other words, brotherly love is quite important for the Christian to say the least. 
Since we have a bit of ground to cover in this text, let's go ahead and jump right in. I want us to first consider that brotherly love is to be genuine. That is the first point of this outline, that brotherly love is to be genuine. My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Up to this point in St. John's letter, he's addressed both the importance of brotherly love by giving examples, particularly found in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's shown us that brotherly love is an outworking of the Christian faith. He's writing to believers. He is making it clear that the love that we are to have for one another is an outworking of the faith that God has given us. It is good for the soul of man to love one another. And again, we see this plainly expressed in the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. And likewise, John has given us examples of what brotherly love does not look like, namely by way of Cain, the murderer, who was a murderer from the very beginning, the one who hated his brother and showed no love to him, but instead took his life by slaying him. And why did he do this? Well, we know because Cain was jealous, because he was envious, ultimately because his heart was far from God, was dead in his sin. But instead, he gives us the way we are to love one another by emulating the Lord Jesus Christ. And the love shown by our Lord as he walked this earth was clear as day. It was an evident love when we examine the life of Christ. Likewise, our love for each other is to be this way. It is to be genuine. It is to be evident. Excuse me. Therefore, the apostle, beginning in our verse, says that, let, that, that we are not to love in mere word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And he writes these, tr- these, these truths not to correct these believers, Right? These are not uh, Christians that were likened to the Corinthians or even some of the Galatians. But these were new believers who needed to be instructed. They needed to know, they not, not only needed to know that they are commanded to love and that loving your brother and sister is pleasing to the Lord, but they likewise needed to know how to love. They needed to know that just saying that you love someone is, is ultimately insufficient when you really look at the love that is exampled in Christ, he writes these words to instruct them in their Christian conduct. In order to love as Christ loves, we are required to do more than just say how we feel about the person. To use the example in verse 17, if we have goods and see our brother in need, Would it be sufficient for us? Would it be God-honoring for us to reply, I see you're in need. I'm sorry you're going through this. I hope it gets better for you. Right? Surely that's problematic, as we have the very things to make his estate better, and we have the ability to give them to him, thereby showing our love for the brother. So, of course, it would be insufficient. It would be sinful to say, merely I see you are in need and you are going through this. 
I hope it gets better for you while taking our goods with us as we walk away from the said brother in need. It would be cruel, unloving. It would be a bad testimony. The biblical response would be to give the brother what he needs if you see him down, especially if you have that very thing to give. I even argue at times, and I'm not going to argue this now, but I even argue at times there may be reason to give a brother even when you necessarily might not have it to give. There could be times where, where an act of love calls for this. It may be helpful to stop here and merely consider that everything that we have in the first place is both from God and belongs to God. And further, is God who freely gives. God gives us the example in giving as the recipients and that he freely gives. Out of love, he gives. Knowing our needs, he gives with perfect wisdom. Therefore, we too are to give freely. We are to emulate Christ in this act of love towards one another. We ought to look at our goods by way of this example in verse 17. When a brother and sister or sister is struggling and know that we have an abundance because God has given us this surplus that we may bless this person in this time of need. In other words, as you see a brother in need and you have the ability to give, remember God has given you those very things that you may honor him in your giving at that very moment in time. The point here is clearly that brotherly love is more than just good thoughts or words about a fellow sinner saved by grace. Yes, we are to think and speak well of our brothers and sisters, but loving them is more than that. As Christ said, not only speak well of the church, his bride, but also laid down his life for her, showing his love in action. The apostle says we are to love in deed and in truth. And I want us to take a moment and consider this a bit further. First, to love in deed. To love in deed is to put actions to the words that you say concerning your brother or sister. It requires actual care and commitment to the person and to their very needs. I, I think one way that we can really illustrate this, again, is by way of prayer. Brotherly love, indeed, as it pertains to prayer, is actually quite simple, yet it requires us to be intentional. It requires us to, to for example, call the brother or the sister, inquire of their needs. If you know that they are in need inquire further. Brother, I know you are struggling. Is there anything I can help you with? It requires us to be intentional. It requires us to make time to personally pray for them. This is just an example that true brotherly love is sacrificial, which I'll make it make very clear as we continue. But loving our brother indeed or sister indeed requires us 
by way of prayer, to make time for them, to make time to pray for them. And it requires us to continue to do so, as love is not a one-and-done act, but it is an ongoing act. This shows that the love that you have for the Christian is genuine. It shows that it's much more than lip service. You are engaging in love, as it were. And with prayer, I know many of us are guilty of not loving our brother and sister like we ought to here. How many of us have heard a prayer request, even maybe today, that a brother and sister has shared with us and replied, Brother, I'll pray for you. Sister, I'll pray for you. And perhaps we have already forgotten or will forget. And then won't even pray. And it's not because we don't care necessarily. It's not that we don't love the person. It's because we're feeble. We're frail. We're prone to wander. We're very selfish at times, very self-centered at times. I'm guilty for sure of hearing a brother's prayer request and then thinking of how I'm going through something similar than what he is going through and then thinking about my personal need. That's not really loving. It's not. It's selfish. It's very self-centered. The loving thing to do in such a manner would pray for them at that moment in time. Stop and pray for them. And it doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be, hey, do you want to go in the middle of the sanctuary, get in a circle, and sit crisscross and pray together? You can walk away from them, sharing your petitions with the Lord. You can pick up your $1,000 smartphone and set a timer to pray. You can, again, it's, the point here is that it's, there's, there's a need to be intentional when it comes to our love for each other. And I think prayer is a very clear way to illustrate that. Another way is fellowship on the Lord's Day. I had a good conversation with a brother over lunch about this very topic. Brotherly love has to be intentional on the Lord's Day. Has to. It's, there is no brotherly love without intentionality on the Sabbath. Fellowship on the Sabbath, it's a great way for the Christian to love indeed. Think every week we have one in seven Yes, to rest. Yes, to glorify the Lord and give thanks for the finished work in Christ. Of course, to to rejoice that our Savior is risen. Yes, it's also a great time, one in seven, to love one another. To gather together for that particular purpose, among many. And know that we are bringing glory to the Lord in our worship of loving one another. Building one another up in the most holy faith. God gives us this time together to love him and to love each other. I mean, really, for some of us, getting out and and having fellowship with each other may be difficult. It might require us to get out of comfort zones and uh, deny ourselves, which we're called to do, those kind of things. The Sabbath is like the Lord giving us essentially like a slam dunk, like a perfect opportunity to get to love each other. He brings us all here for the purpose of his worship. He puts us all in the same room to think and discuss the same things. And that thing is the most important thing in your entire life. It's a good opportunity to really show 
how you feel about each other and how you feel about the Lord, right? The Sabbath. You know, many Christians don't see this congregation. I, I can say that to you, and I know you guys know your, your I was going to say your author, your pastor has written books on this, on this uh, topic. Many Christians see the Lord's Day as their day to get their weekly sermon from the pastor. And they see the church as like McDonald's or like a fast food restaurant to come in and get what you need and go. Instead of an opportunity to worship and serve the Lord. Again, I'm going to remind us that even now, you hearing the word of God is an act of worship. We are to hear the word of God diligently. We are to strive to hear the word of God even now. Fellowship on the Lord's Day, again, is something we are to strive to do. It has to be intentional. The Bible speaks of the Lord's Day as a time for us to gather together in public and private worship. And again, this is all about intentionality. And again, seeing that love indeed, uh, loving indeed is more than just words, a great example of this is considering the general needs of fellow members of the church. Another way to show forth great Christian love is by considering just the general overall needs of fellow members in your congregation. This point is third here, as in order to properly know the needs of the congregation you are a part of, the needs of those brothers and sisters you have covenanted with, you will need to be both in consistent fellowship with them and in consistent prayer with them. So many times I, I talk to a brother or sister and they're asking about another brother or sister that we've been praying for. And... There's like five questions, for example, and all of them are very good questions, thoughtful questions that this brother or sister is asking in concern. And I answer them, and then I walk away thinking, we talked about those things in morning prayer. We talked about those things on Wednesday evening when we were gathered together for prayer, right? We, we were thinking about and praying about those things Wednesday or for the last 10 Wednesdays, whatever it may be. Again, we have to submit ourselves to that means of grace and to one another in order to really know the needs of the church that we may serve accordingly. Secondly, the apostle says that we are to love in truth. In addition to love, indeed, we are also to love in truth. By this, the apostle means that the love that we are to have for our brothers and sisters is to be in an authentic and genuine way, in a biblical way, not a manner that seeks to show an act or to put a facade, to, to try to convince other people around us of who we want to be, perhaps. No. The love that we are to have for our brothers and sisters is to be in truth with a heart that has been restored to love with a heart, with a fellow heart that has been changed to love, equipped to love as the scriptures teach. To love in truth is to love with a changed heart that seeks to honor the Lord. The believer that shows such a genuine love is only able to do so because God first loved him or her. God has opened our eyes to the realities of sin and brought us by faith to the foot of the cross 
So there's no reason for us to even try to love in any other way than that which is commanded in Scripture. True love doesn't boast in anything but Christ, as he is the very source of love. That is what our brotherly love should look like, saints. This genuine love not only brings glory to God, but is also a great benefit to the believer in his or her daily walk. So when love abounds accordingly, the right way, the biblical way, what the Christian experiences is greater than gold. It is extremely valuable. It is evidence that God has changed their heart. I want to call your attention again to verses 19 through 22. 1 John chapter 3, verses 19 through 22. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Interestingly enough, our focus up to this point concerning brotherly love has been focused on the person and work of Christ and sacrificial living, and rightly so. Yet at the heart of this exhortation, we find great words of encouragement to the believer, to the one that is commanded to love. And this encouragement has everything to do with our walk with the Lord and the state of our own heart. You see, we need to be led, and the Word of God directs us here, congregation. We need to have things explained to us, so the Word of God likewise quite often gives us examples that are clear And concise. And lastly, we need to see why these commands, why submitting ourselves to the Word of God is so beneficial for our souls. And here God gives us the reasons, at least some of them, all of which start and end with our changed heart. In other words, brotherly love actually shows us that God has changed us and loves us more than we know. I want to give a few biblical proofs in closing this Lord's Day. First, when we love in deed and in truth, we know that we are of the truth. When we love the way God calls us to love, we know we are of God. By this, we know that we are of the truth. By what? Love. And we know that we are of the truth. We have a knowledge of this and shall assure our hearts before him. Saints, when we really love one another, this is an indication that we belong to God. It is a sure evidence that the Spirit of God is working in and through us to accomplish his will. It is a clear indication that the Spirit of God is at work in his church. That is ample reason to stop immediately when love, when you see love abounding in the church 
and give thanks to the Lord. It is immediate cause for prayer. And first and foremost, a prayer of thankfulness. And likewise, a prayer of continuation. I mean, husbands, wives, how many times in our marriages have we experienced a great season of joy with one another? I mean, really have that special time together. And then we go to the Lord and we pray that that would never change. Right? You know, I I get so annoyed when people talk about like the honeymoon phases of marriage. Because I'd like to think that honeymoon phases experience that I'm going to have my entire marriage with my wife. Right? It's a joy to be able to enjoy marriage with one another and continue to grow in that way. Again, when we experience that love, it's ample reason to give the Lord thanks, to ask the Lord that he would continue to grow it and rejoice over it. Because we have every reason, as this love reminds us of the love God has bestowed upon us in Christ. Brotherly love is is just a reminder to us that our identity has changed, that our purpose has changed. Thinking you're sitting in a room with, with Christians and you were once a pagan. You once served a different God or a different religion, but now God has saved you and love abounds. It's a reminder that you have been changed. It's a reality of his saving work. Secondly, when we love indeed, And in truth, we have great confidence in God. It's not merely that we know who we are when brotherly love abounds. It is that. It is that we know we are Christians. We know that God has saved us. We know that the Spirit of God is with us. But because of that knowledge, we have great confidence in God. Notice again the text. For if our heart condemns us. God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And a heart that has their desire on love will never lack confidence in God. I mentioned uh, this before in prior sermons. It's something that we all know. Loving one another does not come easy. At least it always doesn't come easy. Maybe for some, easier than others. To love each other can be difficult. Uh, We know this again, pointing to the marriage relationship, even in our marriages, right? It can be difficult to love. Even with uh, brothers and sisters, blood brothers and sisters. You know, growing up, it was hard for me to love my, uh, my little sister, it's hard for me to really love her like I, like I should have. I wasn't a Christian, but thinking about as, even as, as, a, as a child, it's difficult. Now that she's my next-door neighbor, it's very easy to love her. And her brother or her husband is my, uh, Lord willing, future co-elder. It's very easy to love them, but it's hard to love another sinner. Why? Because, again, men will disappoint us and do. This is just reality, beloved. This is why we must be gracious, patient, and wise, as the Scriptures likewise calls us. 
And in such times, we are to submit to the Lord. And if our heart is struggling with loving a particular person, we must struggle with the Lord. But we must do so in submission to God, knowing that as we strive to love one another, our confidence in him grows. Our faith in him grows. How? Because he is the one that gives us the means, the essential components to really love each other. He gives us the humility to look past one another's shortcomings. He gives us the love that does indeed cover a multitude of sin. He gives us the confidence that we need to love one another, that we would thereby have confidence in him. St. John mentions, if our heart condemns us, that God is greater than our heart. Indeed, showing the the condition of, of even the one who is saved by his grace. We still battle, though our heart has been changed, with lingering sin. We still battle with the lies of the enemy that tell us to not love, that tell us to stay at home. All that stuff about the fellowship of the Lord's Day, don't even worry about it. Stay at home in the bed, right? We must not be condemned by the foolishness of sin or the consequences of sin. Because again, we serve the Lord who is supreme over our hearts as he he is the very one that has changed them. And he is the one that knows all things. Therefore, when we know what we are feeling in in our innermost being that we ought, that we don't want to love or we shouldn't love, Yet we also have the word of God that tells us what we are called to do. We must submit to him as he is wiser than you and I. Yet the problem is, congregation, is that we are more inclined at times to run to our own thoughts and submit to the state of our heart instead of to the Lord. Yet we must remember that our hearts are not the final judge in such matters. And quite often will actually mislead us. Wisdom would dictate that we submit ourselves to the scriptures. And when we do, we find that our hearts do not condemn us. We find that our consciences are no longer uneasy or wounded. When we submit to the scriptures, we are reminded that we are in the hands of a gracious God that does not hold our transgressions against us nor our lack of wisdom against us. This is the feeling of peace and comfort that a Christian has when he or she knows that they are submitting to the will of God by faith. And this is the confidence that is a great benefit when love abounds between the brother and sister in Christ. With this comes great confidence in the Lord, that we can approach him at any time and all times and know that he is there for us. Our love for the brethren really does bring us back to the Lord in prayer when we think about it. And this is just, again, another example. We make our requests known to the Lord and do so with great confidence. 
Again, like the psalmist in Psalm 62, we approach the Lord with great expectation, not because we are strong enough to carry out our own needs or because we are wise enough or have the collective wisdom to address all matters in and outside the church, but because we serve a faithful God that provides for us beyond measure. There's so much we can learn from this wonderful providence. There's so much we can benefit from when we consider brotherly love. That we belong to him and that we can have confidence in him. But, but thirdly and certainly related, and here's really we'll, where we'll close this Lord's Day. When we love in deed and in truth, when brotherly love abounds according to the scriptures, God truly does bless us. God truly does bless us. The word says, and whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. When love abounds in the church, when the Christian is focused on what they are called to do, God truly does bless such obedience. He blesses brotherly love, saints, and the obedient soul expects great things from God. I think the clearest example of this is found in the 133rd Psalm. At least one of the clearest examples of this. The 133rd Psalm, we have David looking out upon all of Israel and seeing that finally, alas, they are unified together in one accord. This may have seemed impossible when you're reading the Old Testament that Israel would eventually be unified, be together, having one king, one Davidic king, But indeed it does happen, and and what do we see in the 133rd Psalm? We see unity and the blessings of unity. The Psalm says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments, It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing life forevermore. The king looks out into the tribes, sees the unity of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord that comes by way of brotherly love, loving one another together in one accord, and calls it both pleasant and good. He sees God's blessings in such unity. He sees the blessings of love between the brethren and regards it as pleasant. It's pleasing to the eye. It is that which 
any godly man or woman would desire to have unity among the brethren. I can't tell you how I long for unity within the church Catholic. I mean, I could just, we can, we can talk about the church Catholic. I just would like unity in our own confessional context. Yeah. Far too often does sin get in the way of unity. It's very unfortunate. It is something that we long for as Christians, as ministers, because we know it's, it's good. It, it pleases the Lord. And it is a testimony of his grace. This is why we can say that when we love in deed and in truth, God certainly does bless it, and we may expect great things as he blesses accordingly. May brotherly love abound, congregation, both here and at the church that I have the privilege of pastoring. Let's pray. Fatherly, uh, Father in heaven, we thank you for the blessing of brotherly love. That we have been saved, called out of this world, the kingdom of darkness, and brought into the kingdom of light, where love abounds. So let us love one another, Lord, and not just with lip service, not just with words, but let us love in deed and in truth. Work in each of our hearts that we may love sacrificially as Christ has loved us. And in all things, may he receive the glory. It is in his name we pray. Amen.